Welcome back to Late Night Cage Fight. Here's another exciting episode as part of our Cageless series where we watch movies and shows that do not feature Nicolas Cage. We could in the future. But could. Thanks to uh, the plot of this fine show. Oh yeah, that's right. We're going to be talking about Loki, now available on Disney+. First, I guess we want to talk about what we've been up to. Uh, well, we've been working on our next episode, which would be Kiss of Death versus The Rock, for all you Cage fans out there. So if you're not a fan of our Cageless series and you just want us to be all Cage, we got that coming out just for you. Isn't that right, Cage Fighter Steve? That's right. I'm Cage Fighter Reese. I'm also here with Cage Fighter Sean. And uh, this is kind of a an, an announcement. We'd like to announce that we are officially uh, breaking off our Marvel-related shows into a sub-sub-podcast, simply called Cageless Marvel, uh, until we come up with a better name. Plus, what we're going to be doing is, uh, well, I will be doing, is I'm going to go back and get caught up, and I'm going to be doing some uh, snippets of my opinions. So we'll be having some mini-episodes of my impressions of the Marvel films that have been released up to now. There's a lot. Yeah, I'm a bit intimidated, guys, and I'm just kind of flustered and and furious. The flustered and the furious. That should be a a new series here. Because I'm watching these shows with you guys, and I'm I'm digging it, but I just don't understand everything. You don't don't got the background. I'm not in on it yet. Reese, if I can watch 36 Godzilla movies in, like, six months. Ah, oh, all right. Well, I believe in you. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, should be fun. So what do I start with, then? Where, where does Marvel go all the way back? I, mean, I think we'd have to go back to... Iron Man, 2008. Before, yeah, before that, I think we've even got uh, Hulk, right? No, that was after. Was it? They came out like the same, around the same time. Okay. All right, guys. I'm going to do it. So, exciting. What else we got going on? We're working on a theme song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're very honored to be a part of that, you know, of my own project. Uh-oh. <laughs> we, al- we also are going to be releasing... Um, our Cageless episode that we just recorded about the short films of Ari Aster. Yes. As well as uh, Black Widow. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, as you said, Steve, uh, you know, Marvel waited, so uh, you guys can wait for it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Marvel took their time. All right, shall we jump into Loki? Unless you guys got some sponsored content or something, I don't have anything. You know, we tried this thing out. We've been out on the streets, you know, picketing with signs. Hey, NickCageFight.com. Free Nick. Uh, (laughs) You know, freedom freedom for Nick. From his conservatorships. Leave Nick alone. Yep. Leave Nick alone. Let him pick his own uh, own attorneys in court. For yeah. his upcoming divorce. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say goodbye to Nick for now because we're talking about Loki, 2021 Disney Plus show that is 
The follow-up for Avengers Endgame. Didn't know that myself when I watched it. <laughs> I can see how that premise could be pretty confusing. Uh, I, I mean, uh, honestly, the, like this is this show. It's a very strange, complicated concept. But the one thing that I think Marvel has been very good at is taking really out there concepts from the comics and being able to coherently explain them to a general audience. I mean, realistically, if you think about it, the Infinity Gauntlet, it's a series of a bunch of magic space rocks that all do different things and then and they put them in a glove and you can like wipe out uh, life in the universe like but they somehow took that crazy thing and made it one of the highest grossing films of all time so uh now they're onto the multiverse a little less tangible but mm-hmm. I think we're there yeah yeah I just I had the thought when I was watching it that uh, there's some serious stuff happening that definitely has to affect the other movies and the ones that they're writing now. Well, I, and I, it's why I'm not even I'm kidding when I when I say it's like a less tangible thing. It's just a huge risk to be to be taking on to jumping into these things, and and that's kind of where yeah, that's where that's where they're heading. There's a lot of things going on, like you said, and they're, and they're doing a good job of setting that up and setting up those sometimes invisible villains all right well let's talk a little bit more about the background of the show um sean what can you tell us about what what did we know about it before its release so this was announced as part of uh marvel studios uh i believe it was d d23 in 2008 they announced their slate of upcoming movies and Disney Plus series. Uh, And really when they announced it, not a lot was really known about it. It it was essentially, you know, everybody was wondering after Endgame, it was clear that they were setting up something because Loki kind of just grabs the Tesseract and, you know, dips. (laughs) So, uh, you know... when they first announced this, I was kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, I don't know. It, to me, it felt a little forced. I mean, I really like Tom Hiddleston as as Loki, but, you know, I mean, they, the main version of his character, they, spoilers, but they uh, killed off. Okay. And, um, but yeah, they, they ended up pulling some very interesting concepts from the comics uh and really making this almost like doctor who-esque show that continues to touch upon the multiverse which is you know something that was kind of joked about in Mm. spider-man far from home and you know went into in a little bit more detail briefly in wandavision yeah, I'd say the difference with WandaVision is it was so neatly contained as a story, right? That at the end, it was almost as if the events had never happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so you could see how that kind of story 
it's easy to put into the the universe but this one just feels like it would have so many implications at the yes. end yeah. and uh you know it, it's worth noting that the next uh project from marvel studios is actually an animated series called what if which uh what if is a long-running anthology series in the comics where they essentially just uh, create alternate scenarios where it's like, oh, well, you know, the the first episode is what if uh, Peggy Carter was the one that got the super soldier serum and became, they call her Captain Carter. Or, you know, like in a a few other episodes they talked about, it's like, what if uh, T'Challa became Star-Lord or mm. like, what if, uh, what if uh, Captain America and Iron Man became zombies? Yeah, what if? Should be interesting, but yeah, that that's the next project that is coming. Really? Yeah. So that's really interesting. Yeah. I'm also interested in, in how this is going to continue to evolve too, because kind of like you said, as we've gone through these series so far, they've all been these very like tightly isolated events that don't necessarily you know WandaVision was this thing that almost like it never happened mm-hmm. most of the events of Falcon Winter Soldier were either closely related to their family or very secretive kind of mm-hmm. government affiliations and even this one I mean there was huge implications to what happened but also less likelihood that most people will have noticed them um, so I, I think we're continuing to see more and more development, but it's also blind in the, uh, I guess, quote unquote, eyes of the public, um, which I think is an interesting direction as well. Yeah, I think um, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if you skipped those series and then saw them in a movie, it, pretty much it would be like, oh, well, they have new costumes. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the cast then. We had uh, Tom Hiddleston play Loki. I thought he did an excellent job. I, I, As always. Very engaging. You know, I've seen one of the Thor movies a long time ago. So I was kind of familiar with this character, but I didn't know anything. I didn't, you know, I didn't know he died. Um, sorry, sorry to spoil. Yeah, that's all right. Um, One of the things with these these series, it's like they're really designed in a way where you can jump in without really knowing the full breadth of the character's history. Mm-hmm. You're gonna miss stuff, but I mean the story is coherent enough to. You know, I mean this show in particular. I mean Loki is really the only one that's in other stuff everyone else is okay a completely new character essentially uh owen wilson was a surprise as mobius m mobius i just never seen him in a role like this so it was cool to see yeah i mean really like the majority of his serious roles it's mainly been in like wes anderson movies yeah that's right but I also felt really comfortable with him in that role, oddly. Like, for being something that seemed somewhat out of it, like, it just felt perfect. Yeah, it felt just, like he fit perfectly right in there. Yeah, he just killed it in this. Yeah. yeah. 
Sophia Di Martino played the character Sylvie, which is the female variant of Thor. Of Loki. <laughs> Loki. Yeah, I knew what right when I said it. It's worth noting that we're we're going to be going into spoilers from this uh, series, so if you haven't watched it yet, uh, you know. It yeah. highly uh, recommended that you watch the series before listening to this because, uh, you know, part of the fun with the series really is the mystery. So. Yeah, and I'm going to be the one asking all the questions about the mysteries here because I, I got them, guys. The journey into mystery. Am I right? Um, Goo Goo played uh, Ravona Renslayer. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. That, so. that, that is a pretty metal name, though. So It is. And I miss Minutes, probably one of my favorite characters in Marvel. Oh. If I was going to get a Marvel tattoo, it might be Miss Minutes, an animated clock. Yep. Yeah. Played by the legendary Tara Strong. Yeah, and I love that southern drawl she put on that character. Yeah, she was great. did a really good job in that. You may know her as uh, Bubbles and Powerpuff Girls, or uh, I mean, she she does oh, yeah okay. she does Timmy Turner and the Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, I mean, she oh. she does a lot of voice acting work. Yeah, she's tremendously good at that. Yeah, I see, I see, fellas. We're going to talk about this show, and I just if if I say anything that makes you uncomfortable, please don't prune me. I mean, you don't want to hang out with uh, Eliath? Eliath, man. You talk about metal. <laughs> I'm yeah, afraid I'm the metal. one that'll say things that make people uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I was joking. I mean, there's not that much uncomfortable stuff in this one, thankfully. Speaking of uncomfortable, I mean, it, is it... it is it uh, masturbation to have sex with uh, yourself? That is, yeah. That is a question that you're going to ask when you watch this. It's true. Like, what if, Reese, what if you were a woman mm -hmm. and you were just sex? Should we? If there were two of you and one of them was a woman, would you let them, the woman peg you? <laughs> no. Some very, very deep questions are asked in uh, in Loki. Yeah, I mean, you can tell by the opening sequence when you see Loki and all the crazy fonts. It's like, oh, this is going to mess with your head. This ain't no time's new Roman, homie. <laughs> no. And, uh, yeah, so we're sent... We're sent outside of the timeline, and we find out that uh, there's actually this organization... A bureaucracy that uh, controls time itself. Yeah, yeah. That's the the early reveal here. I I just thought that that was kind of a stretch because wouldn't that mean that everything in all of the movies that have been released was dictated, predicted, controlled? I'm glad that you say that. Actually. By the Time Lords. I'm glad that you say that. You do? Yeah, because that's one of that's one of my issues with this. Because I feel like this this series put to shame my boy Stephen Strange. Because oh, yeah. in in the um, 
Infinity War movies, he he goes into this essentially a trance state to like run through all of these future possibilities and says, you know, he ran through millions of possible outcomes and this is the only one that he found that that you know this would work. Mm-hmm. So essentially what Loki has done is proved that this was all predestined and that he didn't actually do any sort of, you know, multi Versal understanding because there was only one sacred timeline, mm-hmm. which means there were no other future possibilities for him to understand. So it does kind of tear that apart a little bit. Okay. Well, it is worth noting that the Infinity Stones, and this is confirmed in the series, they only work in the dimension that they came from. If you take an Infinity Stone from another another branch timeline uh-huh. then they don't work and they they use them as paperweights and uh you know since dr strange was using the eye of agamotto with the time stone so maybe that's what it was maybe every time like the, when he was going through his millions of possible theories anytime he strayed from the the sacred timeline in one of his attempts mm-hmm. he got pruned and so, really, what we should have seen isn't a ton of Lokis, but there should have also been uh, at least a handful of Doctor Stranges there, because there's no way they all went down to mm-hmm. Elioth. But that's all I'm saying. Doctor Strange should have been in here somewhere. He is supposed to be the Time Master. It is kind of confusing that they don't really differentiate between time and space, but mm-hmm. they but they kind of do, because like. There being locations that are outside of the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was one thing. It was like, they basically say the point where the TVA would prune you is called a nexus event, which essentially is an event that creates a branch timeline. And yeah, and the TVA is this organization that is controlling time yeah. or monitoring time. They're the Time Variance Authority. Right. Yeah. 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 It's a little confusing because, you know, early on in the series, you meet Sylvie, who is essentially Lady Loki, and it's a bit strange because, like, you know, uh, is it her actions or is it the fact that she was born, like, physically different from the main Loki that makes her a variant? That was something that was a bit confusing to me yeah i i agree for you to go back far enough for all of the different like vastly different loki's or vastly different people in some cases it was how can you get that diverging but yet only one branch off from you know the main timeline yeah i feel like it would have to be a very long branch to go through like eons of history to gain that much variation yeah hmm the um i didn't even think about that but yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah the the main setup for the series basically um you know a variant when they're intercepted by the tva they are quote unquote pruned as it's called uh which essentially they have these big shock sticks and they make you disappear um 
but it a deal uh, with Owen Wilson's character is struck between uh, him and Loki um, because there is this variant of Loki that is killing off TVA agents and creating branch timelines. So, um, you know, he goes to try to find her, fi- finds out that she's a, a woman, and because he's so vain, he's just like, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. That's right. He hooked up with himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, something of a paradox. Yeah. So they, they established that she has been hiding in... Uh, apocalypse scenarios, which I thought was very a very clever plot point. That um, you know, if basically if if you change events like after everybody involved dies, then it doesn't affect reality. Yeah. For some reason, this series gave me kind of a Christopher Nolan feel. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I need to watch Tenant. Sidebar. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. Yeah. Isn't is that the the Winnie the Pooh? Tenant? No, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. No, that was Christopher Robin. Oh, yes, okay. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that movie was depressing. Yeah, that's that's why I, was I heard it was confused. depressing, and I didn't didn't want to watch that. Yeah. You know, and I don't I don't like depressing stuff except for Ari Aster short films. Yeah. Which we watched tonight. We did. Yeah, uh, this TVA, I I thought was cool how the setting in which the TVA's world is, inhabits, has this really really retro look to it. It's almost like like an 80s DMV. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's all like tube monitors and... You know, right. Retro equipment. Beige and like orange. And their fashion. Colors. Yeah. But at the same time it's it's almost even when they show when they show the city, that scene when they look out at the whole city, and even the city itself looks like what people from the sixties and seventies thought the future was going to look like. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. essentially fallout. Yeah, yeah. They were in a fallout universe, I yeah. guess. Just without the nuclear war. That's when uh, Loki meets Mobius, and Mobius is like what, kind of like his case manager. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 But then uh, you know Loki uh, kind of betrays him to go with Sylvie, and then they have uh, the. Get the v. Yeah. Then, then they got that. Uh, <laughs> There's something with these Disney Plus shows was like they only have six episodes, but they somehow find a way to put a filler episode in <laughs> where it's just, yeah, there's this episode where Loki and Sylvie are hanging out on this planet that's going to explode. And, uh, you know, there's, there's talking. Yeah. We, we have quite a few scenes throughout that, that are long, long scenes with just dialogue between two characters yeah really there's not a lot of action in this series i mean there are a handful of fight scenes but it's really world building yeah which i mean i don't dislike the the actors are all really good um i mean i i really like uh sofia di martino as as sylvia i think she 
steals the show. I was impressed by her performance, too. Yeah. And I mean, as far as I know, she's a relatively unknown actress. Uh, I know she was in the movie yesterday uh, about the Beatles, but... Yeah. Um, it's not your yesterday, Steve. That's oh. an Oblivion Dust song. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So I just knew that's what he was thinking. Yeah. Basically, the story goes on with um, Sylvie and Loki trying to find the quote-unquote timekeepers. Mm-hmm. Which they then find out are uh, animatronics. Uh, maybe we need yeah, I mean, uh, Nick to uh, come and <laughs> it was Nick. Take care of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they talk about the timekeepers the first portion of the series, but you never see them, and you find out that nobody's seen them, and you're immediately suspicious. Oh, okay, who's really in charge of this whole operation? Yeah, yeah, and I, I could relate to Loki early on because he was always questioning if what was happening wasn't some kind of game, some kind of trick. And I was like, yeah, was this going to drastically change? But really it didn't. It just kind of kept getting deeper. And then uh, I I think where the show really takes a turn is um, the after credit scene of of, uh, episode four, four, I think, yeah. Where, you know, Loki gets pruned and you find out what happens when uh, somebody gets pruned. Mm-hmm. You basically go to this garbage dimension, and yeah. there you see some very strange-looking versions of Loki. Yeah, you see an old version of Loki that is wearing his original comic book uh, outfit. Mm-hmm. You see Kid Loki, which uh, is another... Peter Pan. Yeah. Yep. Uh, And then you see uh, they call him Boastful Loki, which appears to be based on uh, a version of Loki where he was worthy to wield Mjolnir. Uh, And then, of course, the new fan favorite, Alligator Loki, which is new creation for this show. That was my favorite just because it was so strange. Yeah. And uh, you do see a very small Easter egg in one of the episodes of uh, Frog Thor uh, in one of the scene transitions in the next episode. So, but Frog Thor, which is, oh yeah, that little yeah. that little shot. Yep, it was one shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the that's the thing with the Marvel stuff. You guys will have one shot that is extremely mm-hmm. significant. And it just means nothing to me. To me, yeah. it's like there was wow. Oh, there was also the uh, the Thanos copter, which uh, it was from like one of those goofy old school comic things from back in the day. Where was that in the show? It was it was in episode uh, five, where they're in the the garbage dimension. Okay. Yeah, but essentially uh, that episode and that that. There are so many Easter eggs in that episode, but, uh, you know, they're in this garbage dimension with this being called Eliath, which essentially is if you combine the smoke monster from Lost Mm. with the Cave of Wonders from uh, Aladdin. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And and also... uh, Tentacle monster? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. 
Yeah, so what basically happens is uh, our main Loki is hanging out with these other Lokis and, you know, they're giving some exposition, like telling some background on what, on what uh, their stories are. Mm-hmm. And then some more Lokis show up, which uh, that had one of my favorite uh, Easter eggs from the comic, which is Election Loki. Which is from the uh, vote vote for Loki miniseries where he runs for president. Oh my! Yeah, so I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so uh, you know, long story short, uh, Sylvie does a self prune and self um, <laughs> pruning. Yeah, some some KD. Uh, yeah, and they, they meet up and they, you know, there's this really cool scene of, uh, you know, they're they're trying to enchant Elioth in order to get to the quote-unquote citadel at the end of time. And, you know, there's a classic Loki who previously in the episode said he says he's very uh, good at illusions. He basically conjures an entire Asgard uh, in order to distract Elioth. And um, they have this really cool musical score uh, where they put in notes from, what is it, uh, Flight of the Valkyrie? Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then that brings us to our finale. I just wanted to say... Everything leading up to the finale just was just reminded me of Philip K. Dick. Uh, it reminded me of Men's Dick. No, Loki's <laughs> Dick. Specifically. Everything leading up to the finale just reminded me of a Philip K. Dick story, and then the finale was super Interstellar, Christopher Nolan esque in my mind. I thought there were a lot of tones of Doctor Who in this, definitely. Well, the whole, like, Elias scene was very, like, Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and like, scary and Yeah, like... Kaiju Wizard of Oz. Yeah, the Kaiju, yeah, the clearing of the smoke, the... Yeah. Even the color schemes somewhat kind of... Well, they really did a great job animating that. Yeah. Because that thing was scary to me. Yeah, really, the, the visuals in this series were great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as boring as episode three was uh you know the visuals were great just not not that much happened yeah it's it's interesting too because like we talk about some of like the amount of uh things that that happen in this and uh so i had watched this originally week by week as it released but we had actually played catch up with reese over the last couple days um prior to recording and it was really interesting to kind of jump in and out of like uh reese catching up and realizing like some of the content points of like man that was that was episode two (laughs) like that stuff happened that early on there was there was that much stuff that went on like oh my god because they were like these are condensed yeah and it, and it makes me think of like the crap that we used to give people for doing things like marathon and Lord of the Rings series or whatever, <laughs> and like, but this is the equivalent of that. Like, watching this whole series, watching this six episode series, which seems like nothing to 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 us now, um, is truly the equivalent of like sitting down and marathoning like 
you know, Lord of the Rings movies or something like that. I don't know about you guys, but I tend to like the TV series structure more than films, generally. I feel like it almost highlights more parts of the story and makes things a little bit more special. Yeah. It's just the limitation there is always that generally TV shows don't have as much budget, so you're kind of making a sacrifice. But with Disney Plus, I mean, I mean, with all the Marvel shows, with Mandalorian and some of the other stuff that they've put out, I mean, it's really movie quality stuff just yeah. in a different format. And I think it's also been some of Disney somewhat redefining the arc, right? Because typically most movies have your, you know, your standard, your standard uh, uh, formats. If it's an hour and a half movie, you've got your at your hour mark. You know, you have your slow build to like a 40, 50 minute hour mark to like the climax with the huge depression down, and then the like end spike back up. That's that's your. That's your format movie for everything. Everything somehow fits into that, whether it's horror, romance, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then your TV series typically end up having somewhat of a similar, like across the episodes, build up a big like mid-season climax, and then you kind of drop back down, and then you build up to this big and series end climax. And I feel like these... I guess you could say they somewhat followed that with like episode three kind of being like your drop down and like your build back up. But I feel like the the episodes all had like a lot more packed into them. And you were going back and forth between multiple characters interactions as well. I'm thinking like some of like the the romancy kind of movies like uh, the, there's like the holiday ones that always come on where it like follows eight different families and their mm-hmm. experience at the airport or something and like those movies where like somebody has like a really high somebody has like a real low but they're mm-hmm. all kind of like going through their own shit at different times so you don't have like this defined structure i feel like it had that same like, like emotional tra- vibe for me going through this like trapped in paradise yeah another fine nicholas cage uh holiday well let, let's talk more about the story because as we go through it I can then voice my questions here. Uh, so Loki discovers that he is a variant, and a variant is what they call someone who has escaped the sacred timeline, right, by accident. They essentially make a choice, uh, which is something called a nexus event, hmm. in which they create a divergent timeline. But that choice has to be strong enough that it that it creates enough variation in the timeline to cause things to be different and like create like a stable branch. Mm-hmm. Um, not things like you know picking ham instead of turkey, but things like. But it could be something as simple as turning turning left instead of turning right. You know, and, Walking down a different path, passing a different person. Really? Being in a store at a different time. Yeah. Or killing Thor. Or killing Thor. Yeah, I thought it had to be something really extreme. Well, but it, it can and it can't. I think that was some of what they pointed out throughout it as well. Because some people made like these very minuscule decisions, but they ended up being things that, that did affect things more. Uh, more. But mm. it 
Yeah, it's thing. It's ultimately your crime is dependent on what it affects, not what you do. Yeah, but then they take you out of the sacred timeline into right. like what you said. Yeah, this alternate timeline. Yeah. Okay. Well, we discover that there is a heathen, uh, a terrorist, who is trying to create hundreds of these alternate realities or timelines. Um, by blowing shit up, right? Sylvie is uh, Antifa. Yeah, time terrorist. Yeah. Time terrorism. Mm-hmm. They'll put they'll put you away for life for that. Yeah. Is that what the Link, the hero of time? That's what that was about. Yeah, that that's what you know. Time yeah. terror. Time terror. Time yeah. terrorism. Yeah, that's why there was like alligator Link. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so uh yeah loki gets to meet these versions of himself and then we have some interesting technology that's part of the story like the the temp tempad pad the temp pad is not four periods no no but if it if it was then it would have the wings but this thing's really powerful yeah, it, it essentially creates time doors, uh, which, uh, you know, time travel shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how much of this is canon to Marvel. It's difficult for me coming and, like, having been watching the DC shows and everything and seeing, like, at least from an animation aspect, it's 100% the... Uh, what is it? Transponders from uh, DC's Legends of Heroes. Or, sorry, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, the animations are the same. The time doors are the same. And I don't know if Marvel and DC both had the same like general concept when it came to time lords and time travel and all of that. Or if it's just They're me- media picking up other media. They're <laughs> constantly going. ripping each other off. I mean... Thanos was essentially a ripoff of Darkseid. I guess that's true. Yeah. All right. So Loki meets up with his uh, his alternate, his alter. Have you heard this term, alter? It's, it's an alter boy. It's a TikTok thing now where people who fake mental illness or, or have multiple personality disorder they call each personality an alter. Oh. Okay. And I'm talking, you know, teens on TikTok. Yeah. Why did they choose to use a real actress for Sylvie's role instead of just, uh, you know, rotoscoping in Tom Hiddleston uh, wearing a blonde wig? There's a theory for this. I think one of the things that they were trying to set up in this series was were variants of characters that physically look different because... And this is heavily rumored, but the next Spider-Man movie supposedly is also supposed to deal with the multiverse. So they need to find a way to explain why they bring back Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. So I appreciate how you answered my question, but I, I hope you know it was a joke, right? question well, but, it, but it is and it's not because like in some cases they're not different like the 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 lady the 
runs the TVA, right? They mm-hmm. they went and found her variant that looks exactly like her. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. Who happens yeah. to live in Fremont, Ohio, which is like less than an hour from here. Yeah. Which, uh, sidebar, in Black Widow, they also have the opening scene in Ohio, so I don't... Somebody likes Ohio for some reason. They're getting closer and closer to us. They're trying to find us. Mm-hmm. What's that Nick Cage movie we just watched set in Ohio? Uh, Guarding Tess. Yeah. Guarding Tess. Yeah. Guardians of the Tess Galaxy. Yeah. So we got all this Inception stuff going on now. And now even the people in the TVA, they discover that they're, they are variants. Yeah. So everybody that's outside the timeline is a variant. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's still... I don't know. The, the, the timeline thing is all very... The entire TVA thing is still a challenging concept for me to understand in the way yeah. that they explain it. You know, let's just be honest. To really get a grasp of it, you probably got to watch it twice. Time travel shit is confusing. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know... It, it's like David Tennant said, just wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. That's <laughs> probably yeah. accurate. Yeah. And okay. if they explained it that way, I think I could get behind it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then uh, should we just get to the finale then? Yeah, so... Um, the timekeepers, man, they ain't, they ain't real. They ain't real. Uh, yeah, so this was something that a lot of people were speculating about, but I didn't think that it was actually going to happen, but they fucking did it. Because, you know, everybody for WandaVision was just like, it's Mephisto, blah, blah, blah. They're going to reveal a big bad guy. No, it was just Agatha Harkness. So for this... Especially right. because in the comics, uh, Rova- uh, Rovana Renslayer is the love interest of a villain called Kang the Conqueror. And it was already revealed by Marvel that the villain for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is going to be one Kang the Conqueror mm. uh, played by Jonathan Majors of... Uh, Lovecraft Country fame. Well, after a Miss Minutes jump scare uh, when going into the the uh, Citadel at the end of time, mm. uh, who do you see going uh, up the elevator and meeting our two heroes? Uh, none other than Bible Man. Yes, Bible Man. Uh, he Who Remains, uh, mm-hmm. played by one Jonathan Majors. So, uh, that was pretty exciting, uh, because this could have lots of implications for a lot of different projects that are upcoming. Yeah, of course, to me, he was just a guy. He was just a guy. In a robe. Kind of remind me of like a, a Mad Hatter type uh, mm. character. He's very spastic. Oh. Um, essentially, they explain that 
this guy uh, created the TVA because he was a scientist and he discovered basically how to travel through the multiverse yeah. and yeah. met up with versions of himself. Mm-hmm. And the one, the one thing that I thought was really cool was uh, there's this line, he's, he's like, oh, I go by many names, a ruler, a conqueror, a jerk. It, this was likely referring to several different versions of himself from the comics, which, uh, you know, He Who Remains actually was a different character entirely, uh, which was just some guy that worked at the TVA. But the ruler was uh, likely the version of him that ruled ancient Egypt, uh, Rama Tut, I believe his name was. And then there was another version, which, you know, the Conqueror, obviously Kang the Conqueror. Mm-hmm. And um, the Jerk was probably uh, the version of him that goes by the name Amortis, because, I mean, come on. What the fuck kind of name is that? <laughs> I live forever, I'm Immortus. <laughs> cool. Yeah, but yeah, the, this character, it, there are even, um, there's a council of Kangs in the comic. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah. Essentially what happens is um, Sylvie wants to just kill him. And, uh, you know, they Loki says no, like, the... Getting he's, this wrong. He stole a line from uh, Uncle from uh, Jackie Chan Adventures. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, if you if you kill one evil, then a greater one will come to fill the void. Mm-hmm. That was a long lesson from from Uncle. You mo guai guai fai Can you remind me why exactly, girl Loki, was uh, so out for vengeance? against he who remains well she's essentially been running from the tva since she was a little girl so her entire life was essentially ruined by these people so she just wants to watch the world burn don't you think this might be controversial but don't you think that he who remains deserves some credit for discovering that she could manipulate time Time travel shit is confusing. I'm pretty sure Lo- Loki made that point. Or no, I'm sorry, not Loki. Uh, what was it? The, uh, the the boss girl from uh, TVA said that at one point, right? Because mm. uh, Owen Wilson's character asked her, yeah, like, you want to stand right. in the way of free will? And she goes, only one person needs to have free will. Yeah. The one in charge. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's a pretty powerful statement. Yeah, there's some real philosophical questions that this series can raise, if you think about it, concerning time, free will. Uh, I noticed that another thing, too, and I don't know if, if, if I just happened to miss it other times or if it was done intentionally, but the beginning of the sixth episode, when they did the opening sequence or whatever, when they have the whole, like, the Marvel 
they they had an audio track along with it as oh, well. Oh yeah, they did. Where they where they had like a lot of famous lines, including the you know the lines from even WandaVision. I yeah very distinctly heard, um, which I thought was really interesting, given you know the the events of the final finale as well, mm. kind of opening up that uh, all of everything's connected kind of yeah idea. yeah. It felt like the Marvel fantasy universe was merging with reality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, there was something there that was had an unconscious effect yeah. on you. Yeah, yeah. When you saw that. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. That was really, really cool. Yeah. It intrigued me. And it just took something that you kind of usually brush off and take for granted, and then, like, it brought this different level of focus into mm-hmm. it. I guess for me. Yeah, it kind of made me feel like, um, oh, this is going to be a little trippy. Yeah. And it also showed uh, a view of two different universes together, which uh, I thought was interesting. I, I think that they're probably leading up to some kind of event uh, that has to do with another multiversal war. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing's been announced, obviously, but uh, we do have s- several other projects dealing with the multiverse, and uh, they got to be building up to Secret Wars. Hmm. Or Beast Wars. Yeah, Beast Wars. You know they just announced Beast Wars? I do. I do. That's going to be dope as hell. <laughs> Well, let's see what what happens next, fellas. They want to kill He Who Remains, but instead they get a full explanation mm-hmm. of the multiversal system, and then they get they get a an offer from him. He wants them to take over. He wants to retire, or so he says. Or so he says. And Sylvie thinks that it's all a trick and is hellbent on killing him. But uh, Loki believes he who remains when he tells them that if he is killed, it will allow for all of the other variants to show up in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. In, in one universe. Right. So he's from, what, the year like 3000 something or other, right? Yeah. And so... If if you notice the, the the time right is it's all like they they depicted it more of like a circle right which is yeah interesting choice but it does kind of make sense in a way but um, anyways the idea is that if at any point there's a branch from a timeline I mean say you go back to you know, year two thousand somebody does something it branches off then there's a likelihood that in that branch that he would exist as a different person mm-hmm. with that much time and other vari- variables to happen, continuing branches. Mm-hmm. So, Well, his, his character also is notorious for just tr- time traveling to different points in the timeline and just like trying to rule shit. That's kind of his thing. So... Yeah. He uh, who remains that character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as uh, Kang the Conqueror. Okay. I see. Kang the Conqueror is a variant of He Who Remains. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, how does it end? We, we get a fight scene between Loki and Sylvie. Uh-huh. It's kind of cool. With plenty of sexual tension. Right. She comes out on top, actually. Yeah. And, and you see a little uh, branch timeline come up in uh, Loki's pants. <laughs> That's true. She sends Loki back to the TVA headquarters. Yep. Yeah. And then stabs He Who Remains and kills him. And I noticed he wasn't bleeding, so yep. apparently he doesn't have blood. He uh, mentioned something about, oh, see you soon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Loki comes back to the TVA and uh, finds uh, Mobius and doesn't remember him. And he looks to where the three giant statues of the timekeepers were. And who do you see? But you see a... A big statue of your boy Kang. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. You done clucked up. And then that's end of season one, and that's when I said, really, that's it, this whole series? And Sean had to tell me, there's another season coming. Yeah, they actually Chill have, out. A, they, they have an after credit scene that is essentially just a big bureaucracy stamp that just says, renewed for season one, or season two. Oh okay. I don't remember that. I don't. Re- did we? Did we, you show we, me the after? No, credits? no. Just wasn't that. I just compelling. told you. Told you about it. <laughs> You're finding out now. It could have. It could have no. been an email. No. <laughs> I did enjoy it though, for what it is. Yeah. I would go back and watch it again. It'll it'll make more sense if you watch it chronologically, with everything else. Yeah. But even by itself, it was very compelling and interesting, I felt like. It kept my attention. There were certain elements that kind of frustrated me, like I said before, because I'm not, I, don't, I haven't seen the other movies, and it's obvious that there are references. But well, I feel work. like this was one of the easier movies to pick up, or one of the easier um, current new Phase 4 MCU stuff. Okay pick up without any other previous history or knowledge yeah yeah i feel like this was most of the relevant information was in this show there wasn't really a lot i mean other than being having some familiarity with the character yeah um everything else is is displayed there in all the detail that you really need Mm -hmm. to to truly enjoy it so I think that was definitely a huge bonus for this show as well. So I got to ask, what do you think is going to happen in season two? It kind of depends on when season two is going to come out. Because if you look at everything that's upcoming that could follow up on this, um, I mean, you have Spider-Man Far From Home. Which, uh, you know, that's going to deal with the multiverse, supposedly. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how... I know that Doctor Strange is in that movie, but, I mean, they haven't even had a trailer for it. I mean, really, they haven't even announced that it's a multiversal movie. It's just... Hmm. uh, 
there have been rumors and also actors that were in the Sony Spider-Man movies were on set for this one, but they're keeping quiet on it. Yeah, so there's that. There's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, supposedly that one is going to deal with... Uh, I forget I forget if they said that Loki is going to be in it, but I know that Wanda is in that one. And they're also bringing in a character from the comics called America Chavez, which... Mm. I don't really know a lot about her, but it, it seemed like she was like a teen version of like a female Captain America or something. Okay. But uh, I guess she has the power to create like portals where she can travel in between dimensions. But I don't really know a lot about her. And it's a that, good superpower to have. Yeah, especially with that specific story. Right. Um. And then there's, of course, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, which will deal with Kang the Conqueror. Uh, But, yeah, not a lot's really known about that movie besides who the villain is. Okay. But, yeah. And and how far out is that? Are are these releases that you're talking about? I want to say, like, a year or two. Okay. Yeah, I mean, really, they... This phase is relatively short, I mean, we also have like things like the Hawkeye series, which th- that's very unlikely to have anything multiversal in it. I mean, Thor Love and Thunder, that's probably going to get kind of cosmic, but I don't know if it'll touch any of this stuff. Um, Wait, Thor Love and Thunder is a movie? Yes. Oh, okay. I, I actually just uh, thought that was like a music tour or something, or like a like a one of the ice skating shows that Disney does. <laughs> Shang Chi, uh, which I mean, that's not gonna deal with anything from what I understand. I mean, they're doing a Miss Marvel, uh, the Eternals. I mean. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think any of those projects are really going to touch it. My hopes for season two is that um, Sylvia and Loki hook up. And mm, that was your hope for this season, wasn't that it? That was. It was, and they got close. Yeah. But she blue-balled him, so I'm hoping he gets his revenge next season. And uh, if she were to get pregnant, what kind of paradox does that create? Um, alligator Loki. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist that's the twist in that's season twist. two yeah. oh it's just it reminds me of back to the future yeah. when marty visits his mom and then hooks up with her no oh. no no maybe i saw a different version than you <laughs> Kind of like in Futurama, where uh, Fry goes back and sleeps with his grandma and becomes his own grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) How is it, though, that you escape reality, you wake up out of the Matrix, 
And you don't get Lawrence Fishburne, you know, with his shades on and his jacket telling you how it is and how we're going to fight this war. No, you wake up and this, like, falling apart 1970s office just full of bureaucracy. They can't do everything right. <laughs> but they got some powerful weapons. And the city's really pretty. Oh. Uh, but, you know, I just... I don't know. It was not what I expected. That's true. There, There is... Uh, there are two questions that this series poses. Um, one... Is there a variant of Loki that is played by Nicolas Cage? Yes. And also, does this confirm that the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider films are canonical <laughs> to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Right. Right. That's good points. They should be. They should be on the sacred timeline. Yeah. And maybe they maybe they will be. Right. Because we just rewrote the sacred timeline, so who knows what's all mm-hmm. right now. It just feels like anything's possible. Yeah. Yeah, that... If that, you can kill yourself a number of times. <laughs> that That's essentially what this show did, was they gave Marvel uh, a license to do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> but do you think they, they would be so petty as to have an entire show like this, and then at the end reveal oh well the, everything that just happened was part of this other universe it wasn't the real one absolutely oh well God. i mean now they can just rewrite the rules of anything really i mean yeah i mean if you think about it just with quantum mechanics i mean they can even do stuff where like oh mm-hmm. um say there are elements of like the venom movie that uh, Sony made. Yeah. Everyone knows that that movie's trash, but you know, we could say that that movie, uh, well, that's a variant timeline, and but like in our uh, the version that we're bringing in, like that movie was good. Do you think that Marvel moving in this direction could potentially uh, turn some fans off? Have some people kind of say, hey, this is too far, or I, I don't like it being this open and flexible? Honestly, I, I think as long as they keep telling stories that resonate with people, yeah, I think that they're still going to be successful. I mean, there are so many people at this point that are that are already this far in this mega franchise and they will go and see every product. Yeah. Well, you'll get there, but I mean, now they have it, uh, where it's easy to catch up on Disney plus. Like you just have everything right there. I think it's going to end up becoming kind of like the comics where you can just jump in in different spots. If there's something that seems interesting to you. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that wants to go see Shang-Chi might not necessarily be interested in, like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Or, yeah. you know, somebody might want to go see The Eternals but doesn't care about, like, Black Panther, Wakanda yeah. Forever. Or, you know, nobody cares about Hawkeye because Jeremy Renner. <laughs> So, in a sense, you're saying they may be banking on actually expanding 
their reach as far as attracting people to their different types of shows and movies? I think so. I mean, they're really saturating the market now. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's been something MCU coming out like every month, pretty much. Yeah. Which does worry me a little bit because that is sometimes Disney's um, direction on things just to just you know, get it while the getting's good kind of mentality of come in and sometimes oversaturate um, to the point that uh, people lose interest. I think the benefit of having such a widely diverse thing as the MCU allows for, like you said, a lot more diversity in the in the types of movies. But uh, yeah, hopefully it lasts. Yeah. And, and hopefully, uh, as I watch this uh, endless list of Marvel movies, uh, this show will start to make more sense. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully you'll be able to keep up as well with the uh, new stuff coming up. Yeah. All right, well, we watched Loki Season 1. You heard our thoughts. Um, no Nicolas Cage in this. Yeah. Of course. Maybe Season 2. <laughs> But then we won't be able to do this as part of Cageless. It will be it will be a paradox. Yeah. If Cage is in it suddenly, right? Is it is it Cage, Cageless? Yeah. I mean, what's going to happen when we get to uh, into the Spider Verse? Yeah, right. It's true. We all know our our universes are going to collide and create an alternate one mm-hmm. where Cage is in every Marvel movie. Astro Boy's not Marvel, right? No. Okay. That is a Japanese uh, character. That's correct. I knew that. That's Tatsunoko, right? Yeah. That's right. Well, thank you for joining us and listening to uh, our review of Loki as part of our first Cageless Marvel episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Be sure to listen to all our stuff and visit our website nickcagefight.com find us on Facebook find us on TikTok cagefighters with a Z thanks for listening I'm out bye bye